Hi, welcome to Crossing Faiths, where Christian and Muslim talk religion and politics. Uh, I'm Elliot Toman, and I come from the evangelical Christian perspective. I'm here with John Pina, who comes from the Muslim perspective. And John, I wonder if you could just uh, quickly unpack for the listeners what kind of skin you have in the game of this particular question. We're going to be talking about uh, Israel and Hamas today, just having a kind of a special brief uh discussion about the situation that is ongoing there that's uh it's interesting question what kind of skin i have in the game (laughs) (laughs) what what kind of dog do you have in the race uh you know what kind of pony do you have i'm an investor in t-walls and you know as long as they start (laughs) keep building t-walls in in uh israel and palestine uh you know i make a lot of money um no um i feel like it was a a fairly decent colloquial way of of asking the question john and and really I, i resent your uh, insinuations. Well, you have to be, you know, that you have to be persecuted as a Christian. And, um, you know, so I always feel that there needs to be a healthy dose of pushback on you because, you know, otherwise you're not going to be among the saints and elect if you're not don't have the a proper amount of persecution. Yes, I'm going to interpret your statement as anti-Zionist. Uh, oh, anti-Zionist, interesting. I, well, you know, I, you know, I, I started <laughs> off with being an anti-Zionist. Stay on target. <laughs> I can't. Um, well, uh, I, I will. Let, let's. Let, it's, it's actually really interesting that you're that we're starting this off this way because um, I've been watching obviously the news and you know everybody who I know is becoming TikTok smart on Israel Palestine and taking positions. Uh, you know, I, I was watching every, every almost every newscaster says starts off with, "Do you condemn Hamas?" And I was watching mm. Pierce Morgan hammerings. These, they, re, I mean, we're talking about pe- some of the people that he was talking to. Um, he was talking to, uh, uh, you know, some activists, some Palestinian activists, and 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 and, and Palestinian Palestinians and Palestinian comedian in particular. And 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 he goes, you know, kept hammering, "Do you condemn Hamas? Do you condemn Hamas? Do you condemn?" And 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 it seems like in everywhere and a lot of the Palestinian advocates are try very hard to say you're trying to frame the conversation by by starting that statement by, by you know by, by asking that question right off the bat and then of course there's always anti-semitism I mean you know I I guess you know everybody can have their opinion I mean I grew up in a Jewish community what's my skin in the race um uh in New York uh I I I I've very very close with uh my my very close family ties with with the Jewish community um, uh, as personally. Um, I mean, I remember going to, uh, uh, oh God, what was it? It was, the, the, what's the not good dinner? Um, what's the dinner that's, oh God, it's uh, I, I, Passover, the Passover. The, the, I went to the Passover dinner one time and uh, it's the first time I went. I was young guy, young guy, seven, seven years old. And my mother was always very, very clear. She's like, you know, if you go to a Christian house, you're a Christian. You go to a Muslim house, you're a Muslim. You go to a Jewish house, you're, you're Jewish. If you go, because you go to a Buddhist house, you go to you're, you're Buddhist to experience and to be hospitable as much as you can to indigenize yourself. But I remember, I remember at the Salans house, the, the, the grandmother had the serial number. She had had been a, a member, you know, victim of the Holocaust, and and. Uh, and it's interesting because in, when this happened, uh, when the attack happened on the 6th, it, I got a flood of calls from both 
my Muslim and, and, and Jewish friends um, that wanted to talk one-on-one about what they were feeling uh, and, and what was going on. And so, you know, you would call it pastoral care. You know, I, I spent quite a bit of time you know, having a <laughs> running to a dinner, then to a coffee. And that first week of this was, was, was very odd for me because I, I've always said about Israel, Palestine, whatever needed to be said has been said, and someone needs to make a decision. That's always been like my stance. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Israeli and I'm not Palestinian. So there needs to, someone needs to figure this out. Um, I, I, I don't believe it's a Muslim Christian issue. I, I, or Muslim, uh, uh, Jewish issue. I don't believe that. Um, um, so I, I don't, I think I, I at, at all. Um, so my skin in the race is, you know, I, I'm a person who, who has grew up in, in, in a, a very multi-faith, uh, atmosphere. I, from a career standpoint, I've been involved in the multi-faith space for you know 20, more than 20 years. Uh, as a Muslim, I care about the dignity of the human person. I have this conversation. I can refer back to Father John, the previous conversation we had. Um, and that was recorded the week of the attack about where to do Muslims stand on 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 killing babies. That was the question that was thrown. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I that, that that was the that was pinged by by ironically uh, or not ironically, but interestingly enough, not by must but not by but the Jewish community. You know, it, it was the Christian community that hammered me, and I got no less than three questions by really. I, 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 it's like inner circle contacts who always feel like, and I've always sort of created this a safe space. You can ask me, you know, I don't represent Islam, but I can speak from my experience. And they, they pinged me right off the bat and said, you know, you know, how do you feel about, you know, standing over a, you know, a, a scantily clothed, clothed woman who obviously was raped or, you know, violated in some way, uh, you know, and, 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 and that, how do you, they, you know, where do you sit on dead babies? And I go, well, I, I was like, I, how do you feel about dead babies? You know, um, I think everybody, you know, it was such a strange question way to ping me, um, which then sparked my article on dignity of the human person in Islam, uh, which I wrote and I'm going to publish uh, this week. And uh, and and we had a lively, uh, not lively, but an interesting conversation of where Islam falls. Um, my stance was well. The Hamas attack is people say, do you condemn it? Which is like, it's, it's, it's very easy to say I condemn it or I don't condemn it or I condemn it or say, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take a position. My position has been very clear about Hamas. Uh, Hamas is a doomsday cult uh, that serves a purpose of the Palestinian movement. So I'm very, very clear on the maxims of Islam, right? So, and I'm very passionate about that. And they're maxims. If you violate the maxims, then you might may claim to be Muslim, but that but you essentially cease to be, right? So if, it's just like the, like clan members or or the Mar- uh, the Aryan Brotherhood or these guys, you know, they they might claim to be you know Christian in some manner, shape, or form, but you're really violating the maxims of of the faith, and therefore you're on the other side of that, right? And so I I look at, at Islam as, as being very, very clear, but I'm I have that comfort of doing that because I'm 
I'm, I'm, I'm smiling. So, so we, our whole idea from the formation of, of what our, our faith is, 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 is the precepts are very, very clear. And, and there's maxims that you can't override. If you override them, then you end up on the other side of Islam. And interestingly, interestingly enough, in, in Amman, Jordan in 2004, 2005, and I reference this almost every conversation, they had the Amman conference where the Ummah, the, the global Muslim community came together and they agreed on these maxims and said, if you are, it, this is mainstream Islam, these are four Shia and four Sunni uh, sects, and, and then everything else could be part of Islam, but they're, they're, they're not mainstream. And we have agreed that if you conduct activities in this manner, um, you're violating the maxims and are on the other side. And specifically, I'm speaking about Hamas being a doomsday cult because they're, um, they violate the maxim, the, the maxim of, of how to conduct war, uh, uh, protection of civilians, uh, dignity of the human person. So, so these are these are maxims that you can't violate, and if so, you may claim to be Muslim, but but you're not. Uh, uh, and and so, um, of course, all this stuff is up to Allah and how He will judge individuals. But if you if you take it, it's very very clear, very prescriptive. Uh, Islam and 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 the Quran is about 90 95% uh or more or better how to live and it's very very clear so if you're going to start cherry picking uh what you are going to validate and, and invalidate within Islam uh you, no one has the right to do that if they've committed and and conducted the shahada and are part of the community so yeah so uh but that was that was the first week um, but my skin in the race is because I've kind of been, ins I haven't insinuated myself. I always try to stay away and out of it because this Israel-Palestinian issue is, is pretty crazy. I've had my run-ins with both entities, with Zionists uh, or Israelis. I have friends in the IDF. I have, I'm very close with uh, General Beton and, and a number of, of, um, of Israelis, uh, um, I, I, most of my, my friends that I grew up with who are Jewish did the right to return or, or, or I don't know what it was birthright, which is a trip that they go, uh, I guess to Israel and then come back. Um, and so I have, I, I have very personal ties more than I have political ties because I've never advocated on either side, uh, because for, and, and I've done that specifically because the, I picked this up when I was at the American Islamic Congress. If you get into the Israel-Palestinian issue, you can't talk about anything else. You end up talking, because every day there's something going on that you could take a position on between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Uh, and uh, and everyone wants to know which side you're on. Um, and and that, and that's, that's, that's a problem um, when it comes to uh, advocating for larger global issues because it, it could take you out of the conversation immediately. You know, so I would say I'm more, I have a more personal stake in this. Um, my personal stake in this became different when I visited Israel uh, in 2017. And, and 
I never thought I'd be able to go there as a Muslim. So I was invited um, as a guest to the 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 uh, um, the Israeli government, and uh, and and it really was like a sort of propaganda trip. Uh, and and there was a lot of engagement, uh, but I was overjoyed that I was able to go to the Alexa Mosque and 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 spend time. And that is a gift that was given to me. I think I by the Israeli people. So I will. I I and I and I accepted that gift. Um, because I never would have gone and if I wasn't there under their protection, because I, I, as a Muslim, I was, I was, I was afraid, you know, um, to be honest with you, I was like, I don't want to step foot in the, country. and I have, like I said, friends in the IDF, I, I have deep government contacts, but I would, I, have, like, I don't know what to do. Um, but I was, I was, you know, chaperoned and, 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 and it was a very interesting trip. Um, but um, so my skin in the race, it was, is was largely personal, uh, from this last week, uh, and professionally, I got more involved uh, in 2017, uh, but not on an advocacy standpoint. Um, it was more of I am was overly cautious and had ideas walking into uh, my before my trip, and then after the trip, it was very very clear to me that there was it was a solution was not possible. Uh, with the current players that that are there uh, on both sides. And then from there, it was very, very clear what was happening. Uh, not only do we have, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, when you talk about apartheid states and you talk about constant open air prisons and all this other business, I think all that stuff are slogans. Those are all narratives. Um, I mean, the bottom line is, is that you have a people that, are there uh, the Palestinians that have been there um, um, for? So, so, I mean, do we do we go into the? Should we, do you want to go into unpacking what the situation is and how we got here or a little bit, or or did I answer your question about my skin in the race? Uh, yes, I I think so. I, I mean, uh, I'm Muslim. Touching, I'm Muslim. Uh, I'm, I I I I spent you know, I, I grew up with in a Muslim a multi-faith community uh, and, and I have very, very close ties with my Jewish friends who did the the, the, the birthright as well as, um, and, and all that stuff came through to the forefront in the last two weeks where both my Muslim, the Muslim friends and, and close contacts and my, and my, um, and my personal contacts, uh, Jewish contacts came to me. Um, and some of the, a lot of them professional, I mean, one of them was uh, one of my deep, professional context came to me and they just said, Hey, you know, can we, can you talk, can we talk about this? Um, and so that, so it's very personal. I would say probably 80% personal and then 20% of it is professional from a standpoint of human rights and dignity human person. And then on, on someone who speaks on Islam, who doesn't represent the, the Ummah. So that would be, I think the short answer. Okay. And you also have a professional background in analyzing multicultural military situations and national well. security stuff yeah i mean and i yeah. did do i did conduct two briefings uh in the last week uh to the u.s government on the situation and uh, and and you know kind of you know trying to provide perspective on what the possibilities would be if and on a on a micro level which which is sort of israel and all the countries it touches and then the macro which is you know to iran I think is 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 the you know the war the ground war that somewhat to 
embark on with Iran. So I'm very confused about that. But but it, but, uh, but yeah. So I did conduct two two briefings. So that would probably be the short answer to your question. Uh, one thing that I've heard from both uh, Jewish and Christian acquaintances is that there is no such thing as a Palestinian state or as a Palestinian and and that the so-called Palestinians who are really just Arabs um, are uh, don't, don't have any historical claim to the land that they are attempting to occupy. And so therefore um, there is no such thing as a two-state solution because there aren't two states. There's only um, the state of Israel and the people that are trying to occupy Israeli territory, historical Israeli territory. Well, let, let's just start with the principle of we can do whatever we want. Okay, so so let's just start off with that. Okay, so all of the lines in the Middle East are arbitrary. And we will go to the, the usual Johnny P standby, which is if you turn 90, 90% of the problems, uh, you pull them upside down, you'll see a maiden in Britain on the uh, stamp on the bottom of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so this is a very, very clear made in Britain stamp. And the British are very good at, we're very good at uh, exiting their empire and then uh, pawning off all of their uh, sins on, on America. And this is a very, very clear case of that uh, with the Balfour uh, declaration and, and, and the, the establishment of, of the Jewish state. Um, so I've sat and I've listened to a lot of rhetoric uh, from friends and 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 colleagues and then on the news and 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 I I've listened to both you know like the conversation you know liberal podcasts and and then Ben Shapiro and and I've listened to a lot to Ben Shapiro because you know I I kind of wanted to figure out what his perspective was and 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 I I you know I I respect him as as a debater um and as as an intellectual, I, I respect you know just so I, I I wanted to hear his perspective as well. Look, in seventy thereabouts, the 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 Romans put down the Jewish rebellion and decided that's it. And so so the center of Judaism ceased to be Jerusalem and Israel, and it became a rabbinic faith. Um, the area was named, renamed Palestine, from what I understand, as as a a, 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 a throw to the the Philistines, uh, and and that was it. Um, since then, since around eighty, you know, um, AD, multiple peoples and empires have been in that area. Um, and 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 the part of and some of the peoples have been Jews, but the the state that existed uh, at that time, um, um, I think into the twentieth century, it existed as Palestine. Factually, um, there were Palestinian uh, uh, passports. Um, the British, after the Balfour Declaration 
confiscated a lot of those and destroyed those. Um, there's a very famous interview from the first uh, prime minister of, of the Jewish states talking about how she had a Palestinian passport. Um, so factually, it was called Palestine. Uh, um, traditionally, it was called Palestine. Factually, it was called Palestine after after the Roman the Roman sacking uh, in 71 or 70, 70, I think it's 71. Um, as a state, documents were issued, maps were made, and Palestine, Palestine existed. Uh, after the Balfour Declaration, there was supposed to be a two-state solution. Uh, the British were supposed to facilitate that uh, with the new Jewish state. Um, the new Jewish state rebelled, and it became in independent in 48. And then it became uh, the two-state solution became questionable. Um, um, I would say that then, as now, uh, the Israelis have no goal, no want to even enter into that discussion or entertain it uh, uh, seriously. Um, on the same respect, the Palestinians have an unreasonable, um, um, I think, perspective of what uh, they're just they're unreasonable in what in what could happen. All right. Um, the problem is, is that in, in over 70 years, we have now a deterioration. We have a very, very clear idea of what the Israelis want. They want to confiscate land. Um, uh, they want to uh, um, establish settlements. They want to incur uh, the rights uh, of the Palestinians. Um, there's, there's, you know, Israeli rights, Jewish rights, and then there's a second set of rights for um, Palestinians. Um, you know, there's streets that, that that Palestinians can't walk on that are, you know, they're 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 you know they're not hala uh, they're like they're like kosher streets. You know, there's streets that that are 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 clean only for for Israelis, for Jews. Uh, and if a, 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 a Palestinian house has doors that exit their front doors, they board them up and they have to kind of go through the roof and come out and go down on their other side where that road, they don't have access to more. And this is in Palestinian space. Um, so the answer to your question is, is that, you know, factually Palestinian existed Factually, there was documentation. Factually, they're on maps. Factually, it, it it was a state in the in a quasi state, if nothing else, in that period, that rough period, right, where you had like from 1800 all the way through to uh, the, the the 1930s, it was its own entity. Um, it, you know, and and when you talk about the rise of nationalism and and statehood. Italy didn't become a country until the late 1800s. And and, and, it, and so it, there was an idea of what it traditionally was. And then you had the consolidation of, of the city-states into a country. And the same thing was happening. It was coalescing into a Palestinian state at the turn of the 20th century. Yeah, I, I think that that's been my impression as well, is you can make a case for the legitimacy or illegitimacy of, of any state in certainly in that area, if not other areas uh, around the world, uh, things historically don't actually go back that far when you get right down to it. And in terms of, you know, who has the right to a land based on historical precedent, then uh, it, the same Christians who are arguing that Israel, that, that the Jewish people have a right to the land uh, of Israel 
you know, in that sense, should also be arguing that Native Americans have a right to this land and that, that we're the occupiers. Like, if that's if that's the the, the measurement that you're using, um, then you have to take it all the way. As far as I'm concerned, I, I am curious. You, oh. You're right about that. You know, like that's the thing. The justification is this a biblical justification. Ben Shapiro says this and he, he hammers this home and I go, well, you know, the, you know, the, the Canaanites had Israel before you, you know, let's find those guys, you know, I mean, that's, do you see what I'm saying? Like you could, you can go down that road uh, of who was there first. Right. So, what was um, the question you were going to ask? So I, I am curious though, without confusing Hamas with the Palestinian people at large. What do you think Hamas hoped to gain by this attack? Well, I, I, I you know, the, what, 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 here's it. Let's, well, I, I can't, I'm not going to speculate on what they hope to gain. I can talk about what they have gained. Um, they've, they've, they're, they've, they've entered into a propaganda war and they're winning with social media and with the access to information we have today uh there the israelis are not able to keep a cap on on what what is going on in 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 israel um and and in this particular situation with gaza i mean it's raised awareness um when i was in when i was in high school there was a question in the, i was in a debate club and and it was is violence we were throwing a question is violence a justified response to political oppression and then you know you're given you're not you can't choose what you're what you're gonna what what side you're gonna be on, uh, and for some reason that, that I, I got a lot of subjects, but that question has stuck with me. Um, what what have they gained through this violence? They've gained. Now everyone knows who Hamas is. People that didn't even think of Hamas knows who Hamas is. So that so they've they've they're on the map. Um, and they they really weren't on the map before. I mean, no one had done the math on who they were, um, and no one no one really outside of this the, no one outside of national security interests and and journalists and stuff like that or in the area really know the difference between Hamas and some of these other entities. But Hamas is now a, a global player uh, in the propaganda war. Um, they don't. They're also so they've won on getting status they've won on on putting this issue into the forefront but then on top of that uh they've won on 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 in the strange the strange thing where people are defending them as freedom fighters and i thought just call them a doomsday cult so a buddy of mine goes you're gonna get killed they're gonna come for you <laughs> it's like they, they've got more bigger fish to fry and i'm the least of their worries but they're they're they they now are there's a sympathetic ear for Hamas because they appear to be defending the rights of 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 those who are oppressed. So and, can I just yeah. sorry stop you really quick and make sure like I I'll, let me rephrase this and see what if I'm on the right track. Basically, the idea is that this is a this is a fairly standard terrorist tactic to draw attention to the Hamas organization and to garner global sympathy for their cause because they understood that the uh, Israeli retaliation would be so extreme that a certain number of people 
would simply be horrified by that. And all they had to do to garner that sympathy was to throw untold numbers of their fellow Palestinians uh, under the bus. Is that the idea? I Well, I would... Look, this is... <laughs> It depends on who you are, but this is a 70-year war is how the Palestinians look at it, okay? And and so this is a continuation of, of a, this is just a long war. The, the Hamas is, is relatively new in this war, right? They, 87, I think they were formed in the, the second Infidata and, and they, and, and they, they kind of had to grow up uh, in, figure out who they are um it's an offshoot of the muslim brotherhood so they're sunni uh and the muslim brotherhood is a political political islam they're an anti-colonial movement they don't pull triggers if they want to pull if they want to pull triggers they they have isis al-qaeda hamas al-shabaab all these guys are the guys that pull triggers for them and they that's their affiliate right is is hamas um although hamas does get funding from iran uh some funding from iran because it serves a purpose in in a, opening a two-front war right or maybe a three-front war because hezbollah which is shia is in the north and they're a good way to look at at, at hezbollah they're kind of like the wagner group of 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 uh of of iran um, so they're like a paramilitary group that 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 handles the north there. Um, so so Hamas Hamas really has been able to to grow their reputation and 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 garner sympathy, which is a disruptive operation, right? In in the it's a in the idea and that disruptiveness is we conduct something horrific, right? Then we then what we're going to do is we're going to say that we're part of a just cause fighting for the underdog. And, and then we're going to indigenize ourselves with all those feelings over 70 years of, 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 um, of Palestinian uh, abuses to Palestinian people by the Israelis. And, and now they, they've, they're able to create a brand that's, that's new for them. And that's probably the most value that they have because from it, it um, I mean, even I've spoken to people, and they said, you know, I was I was talking to, to, to Colonel Douglas, a buddy of mine, he's a regional Southwest commander now uh, in in Afghanistan, and I go, God, it's just like it's just like the Tet Offensive. It, they they really they're really smart about how they did this, and then on top of that, it, it they made it public, so you 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 look like you're fighting for the underdog against a large an oppressor and and all that may be true uh but the fact is is that the entity hamas if they what do they want they want to in their charter says kill eradicate jews right in their charter they're, they're, when i say they're a doomsday cult it's like you you think isis would be bad let hamas start an, uh, their own government they would cut they would kill me they, 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 you know, and I'm Muslim. So, so they would have be a, a horrendous group of, of uh, if they were able to, to, to have a sovereign state. Um, are they separate from the Palestinian people? Yes. 
But the fact is, is they've insinuated themselves into this situation. And the problem is, is it that the Israelis will use them as a way to attack the Palestinians. The Palestinians aren't capable of defending themselves. So there, if a doomsday cult comes in there and starts providing services, services that the Israelis are cutting from them, I mean, they, they cut power and electricity and food supplies all the time, plus make their lives very, very difficult. I mean, just go to the 300 gate. It takes it takes it takes hours to get into into Israel or across that gate. Um, you're going to have you're, you're, the, the 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 Hamas has been able to really manage this tightrope between the Palestinians and Israelis and had been waiting in a very, very thoughtful and programmatic way to create a win. And this gamble that they've taken has has produced probably more than they thought it would be because you've got campuses mm-hmm. all over the world, protests all over the world, and people are are defending Hamas, which is a dangerous Yeah, because uh, Palestinians are seen as the underdogs in this situation. And so regardless of how Hamas started this particular situation, in general, um, the Palestinians are, are seen as the oppressed group. And from that perspective, oppression is the most important thing um everybody wants to everybody wants to to you know to to work for, you know for the underdog they all want to feel that way yeah. right and so the, the the israelis have been trying to 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 recapture that narrative um and it, it hasn't really been working in this in in this instance which has created a lot of frustration uh on on their side um you know like i'm I have no great love for, for the Palestinians. Um, I've been attacked by the Palestinian community multiple times. I did a, um, I, I helped, I, I funded and 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 consulted on a, a documentary called Amen Amen Amen, um, which is the most awarded multi faith documentary ever about a flourishing Jewish community in the UAE and uh, and how they make a, a a Torah for a special purpose to give to Sheikh Zayed. And and it follows the, the 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 making of the Torah and delivery of the Torah, um, and it's never had that never happened in in the history of the Jewish people, which is pretty long. <laughs> and so, I, what a wonderful multi faith win! It was such a great multi faith win, and uh, and and we need to celebrate multi faith wins. And then of course you have the Abrahamic House, uh, which is has a church, a, mo- a mosque, and a synagogue that's in the UAE, and then to the Abrahamic Courts, which I was involved in. And so I got hammered by the Palestinian community saying that I needed to take my name off of it. And I can't believe you're involved in this and uh, and and in, in the documentary. And I can't believe that you would uh, be an agent of the Israelis. And I was like, I raised the funds. None of it came from the Israelis. What are you talking about? You know, like I, and it was a it was a Catholic and a Muslim that that actually it was the Catholic, actually, that said we need to do this this documentary. And. And and we 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 put it all together, um, but they I got I got I got slammed by the Palestinian community um, for that. Uh, so I've been on my heels uh, from from, from and, and and that's just one instance because I try I talk with straight lines. Um, in the Israeli side, I can't I can't imagine what 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 they're thinking in establishing this war economy against against the Palestinians and with the settlements and then. And then this this like second list of rules and and for Palestinians and that on top of that, 
it's very clear what the what the what the map they have that there's a like a four stage map of the deterioration of Palestinian uh, property in Israel, and it's very very clear that they had this much land, you know, and they have a lot less now, <laughs> and so it's very very clear, you know, um, it's very very clear that the Israelis have conducted operations that are questionable against the Palestinian uh, people. Um, if I say questionable, the Palestinians will say, will hammer me because it's, they'll say, what does that mean? Questionable. Obviously that's not the verbiage that they want me to use. And then the Israelis would say questionable. Um, you know, we have a right to self-determination. Well, you do, but so do the Palestinians. <laughs> but you know, so like, yeah. What, this is obviously a, a, a very sticky situation with, you know, neither side looking like the good guy at this point what do you see as a potential solution to all this if one could even be framed well i mean the, the both have to lose so in order for something to happen so i came away from my trip in israel to saying that the israelis have no interest in a, in any solution other than a single state despite the rhetoric that, and the Israelis like to reference in the past what, you know, the, the overtures, right? Oh, we had a two-state solution here, but so-and-so said this and so-and-so didn't want that. And, but, you know, they go into these sort of, they, they try to pull you into the past and say, see, we tried it, it didn't work. Um, and But, you know, all those people are, are, aren't around anymore. Um, so the first solution is to take all of the people that are Israeli Israeli-Palestinian peace negotiators and fire them. So that's the first thing. All those people need to be fired immediately. Um, the second thing is is to get, I, I think, uh, a younger crowd together and have them sit down in sort of like a, a, a focus group and have a conversation to talk about the mechanics of how each state would be run if they were established without getting into the particulars of how of establishing a state. Because I don't know if anybody's ever done that, uh, to talk about how two states, each state would run. Let's just say, in, in, you know, how these states, if these states were, existed right now, how would they interact? How would they run and what would be their policies? And how would they interact with each other? You know, um, sort of like, you know, what, what is that? What's that thing they do with kids? It's the model UN, you know, the model two state solution. How would that work if, if it was in existence today? And then a third, but but the the so the Israelis have no want for a solution. The Palestinians are unreasonable with what their what they what their solution is. So you need an independent third party to go in there and say this is the arbitrary line. We're making Jerusalem an international city. It's going to be protected by somebody. The UN is not capable. Um, it has to be a coalition, and it's an international city. It's a two and the, here this, this is the two states. Um, maybe you and I don't know what that would look like, but it's got to look be like a demilitarized zone with a border between them. And the North is Palestine. The South is Israel or, or the reverse. I would think they want a buffer from, from Lebanon. Um, and, and that would be it. Um, I mean, the challenge is, is that even the two state solution was established already. And even though there's been failures in that Jordan was established as a Palestinian state. Uh, but, but then the Palestinians went in there uh, and and tried to overthrow the government, and the, the the Jordanians kicked them out. So so the Jordanians don't want to have anything to do with the Palestinians. 
Um, the Egyptians don't want to have anything to do with the Palestinians because the Egyptians had a problem with the Muslim Brotherhood for most of their history. But certainly 10 years ago, they kicked them out and they don't want the Muslim Brotherhood um, um, seeping over the border. Um, and Lebanon's a failed state or a borderline failed state. So so the problem is, is that you'd have to just arbitrarily, a third party would have to go in there and say, this is the two-state solution. But then you start mixing with, does, do the Israelis have the right to self-determination? I mean, the answer is yes. But then if you're going to cut their state in half, then you're actually saying no, right? So, um, but here's the thing. I, we go, let's go back to the, the, the beginning of this conversation. The beginning of the conversation was, uh, uh, when we talked about, um, um, I, I think I said, well, you, we can do whatever we want. Right. And it's a British, the British started this. So here's the problem, right? Um, you don't have to go back to biblical justifications for the Israelis to be there. You could simply go back to the British controlled the area. It was an Ottoman possession that the British took over and the British as a colony of the British empire had the right to make those decisions and they made those decisions. The question is, is that once that decision was made, the Israelis failed to execute their part of the two-state solution because they 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 got independent. They 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 achieved independence, and then sort of muddled through this these gaps of trying to create two-state solutions. But, not, but while they were while they were there was a land grab, uh, the Palestinian property. So. The problem is, is that it, 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 as as it is now with the current players, no one, they, none of them are going to make it. Both parties aren't going to make a decision. So the only solution is a third party cut the country in half. This is Israel. This is Palestine. Jerusalem's an international city, and, and that's unrealistic. But there is no realistic process, realistic two state solution. And anybody who says it is is just trying to create a business. You know, so, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so yeah. I, I have it on record that you are also are, are also are in favor of the new world order. <laughs> I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I, I you know, the, the the problem with the Palestinian Palestinian movement linking with Hamas is is that they are a doomsday cult. When you you pull out their charter, you look at what they're doing. It's it's very very bad. When you're when you're looking at the Israeli behavior towards the Palestinian people. I mean, you don't have to go farther than in 2008. It's called Operation Cast Lead, um, and 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 you just it's it's a 21 day campaign of bombing Gaza, where I don't even know how many people. I maybe a close it's close to 2,000 people um, um, were killed, uh, and it was they waited to bomb. They started the bombing campaign at 8.30 in the morning and it was specifically picked because that's when everybody's going to work. It's when the children are in the streets, the people in the streets. I mean, and and the, the amount of ordinance they dropped is out, outrageous. Um, uh -huh. So, you know, you, you look at something like that, like Operation, it's called the Gaza War or Operation Cast Lead was what they call it. Of course, the Palestinians call it the Gaza Massacre. You look at something like that, it didn't make the news. Okay, you look at something that happened and on the 6th, that made the news. And so the challenge is th 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 this can only go on so, so long before parties start to come in and get involved. And you talked about a solution. Well, as, Amer as an American, it was very hurtful for Blinken to arrive and say, I'm here as a Jew. 
mm-hmm. the top diplomat of the United States shows up and says, I'm here as a Jew. You need to resign. You're, you're the top diplomat of the United States. You represent a large constituency of people. Um, you're, 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 you, you weigh in on millions and billions of dollars. And, and the, and the idea that you're showing up as a Jew shows that you can't be impartial, um, shows that, that you need to now get, be involved in this, um, uh, that you need to take a step back. Um, well, or- I, I mean, obviously the United States historically has always been, um, an advocate for, and, you know, a direct supporter for, the Israeli state. So the side that we we take in that sense is is fairly obvious. Yeah, um, of course, it's not nuanced. Yeah, you know, and and, and that's the thing. Well, we already know what our poli- our policy is very clear. It's in the NSS every time. You know, support of Israel that we we give them four billion dollars a year. The, all that stuff is that's very very clear. You know, um, we we were gonna, of course, we were going to move a carrier group there, and of course, we were going to do all these things. But if you're trying to quell what's going on, then you need to you need you need to engage uh, and be a, an, an American who happens to be a Jew, right? Um, and 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 that's really important uh, when it comes to these matters because, again, the lens, right? You're 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 not. He's he's professionally the top diplomat. So how how are you going to engage when you can't ter- turn around and say? I'm not going to try to step in someone else's shoes across the table. Um, he's very, very clearly saying, I'm on this side, this is what's going on, and that's it. Um, and uh, and so I think that when it comes to a solution, um, I, I think I was very, uh, maybe that's the, yeah, very, very, you said <laughs> new world order. <laughs> um, I mean, I- Well, just in the sense that you're you're advocating for someone to come in and solve this the situation in sort of a strate- strategic, practical way, apart from the historical grievances that both sides feel at this point. And yeah, yeah. yeah. it's well, extremely we- difficult in reality to remove those those historical grievances. Well, I, I mean, yeah. really deep. Well, and it's it to me, it's it's like I said, it's not a religious issue it's more of a nationalist issue and when the we had the consolidation of 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 countries of peoples into countries this was right at the cusp of being palestine and and now it's israel um and over the course of the years that the palestinianness has been erased um uh, and through you know cultural ethnic genocide um mm-hmm. and and i and and so religiously I don't know if it's a religious issue. I mean, it is, I would, I would argue that that Israel is a theocracy. I mean, they don't have a constitution. Uh, everything is run through the judiciary. Uh, and so as a result, um, they make decisions. Everything kind of resides in the courts. Um, and there are two sets of laws, those for, for Jews and those who, for who aren't. 20% of the population are Arabs uh, and, and and I think Muslim within Israel. And, and I think in large part, they live a relatively normal lives. I, I, I wouldn't say that they're oppressed, um, but the Palestinian issue is tied to a state and tied to a nationalist element, which 
the Israelis have the right to self-determination too and have a national element. And I'm very careful to stay away from the Zionist thing because, you know, who can unpack what's going on? That's to me a Jewish issue that that Jews should dis- that, that the Jewish community should debate. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know, you know, where you know. I mean, Zionism is is you know. If you, my my personal opinion about Zionism is is completely off the rails. Um, so, <clears throat> but um, but as an evangelical, you should enjoy this, right? Because this is closer to the end of days and and the uh, the war that comes in is as an evangelical. Is this something that that you're excited about? Well, from the evangelical perspective, I can say that um, there is, of course, a heavy emphasis of support for Israel. Um, I, most of the stuff that I've run across in terms of, um, you know, personal opinions and uh, editorials has kind of tried to shy away from the eschatological perspective. Um you know, because that sounds a little bit, uh, I guess, uh, extreme. Um, Although I'm sure that that is something that's represented or if not, if not directly represented, it it serves as sort of a motivational undercurrent for everything is that uh, the existence of Israel as a state has become associated with an element of Christ's return. Is, um, it, would you would you can I ask you a question is um do you consider Zionism an evangelical movement uh which like you know if if someone asked you that which I, can't, I am yeah it, it, I can't answer that from a Jewish perspective no no I'm not I'm asking from a from, uh, from a, a Christian perspective, perspective. yeah yes. not, I, I mean yeah I'm not, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, Zionism is is an evangelical movement. It's it, it has to do with very uh, sort of fundamentalist literal interpretations of uh, eschatological passages in in scripture um, that uh, in in the wake of the establishment of the Jewish state came to see a direct correlation between the what's happening with the Jewish state in Israel and with the eminency of Christ's return. I mean, you know, cause the, when I spoke with, well, I'm, with some of my Jewish friends, they said, you know, like the idea is that, you know, the, the, the part of the piousness of the Jewish people is not, is being stateless because the relationship is with God. Right. So and I and I and I have to call, I'm, I'm going to have to call my my Jewish friends on this one and, and bring them in as a guest so we can talk about this because that's part of the argument against the Jewish state. Um, but I, I'd have to I have to kind of unpack that. But with 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 one of my Jewish friends. But so as so from a from a but from a evangelical perspective, Zionism is. It, it, it is is an offshoot is a appendage of the evangelical movement yeah absolutely certainly in the sense that evangelicals typically if not universally demonstrate strong support for the israeli state and whether or not they 
feel that they can justify every action taken by the state. They believe strongly in the right of that state to exist and tend to agree with Jewish Zionists uh, in terms of the illegitimacy of the Palestinian state. Right. And then that means, because that's could you bring apart the third temple, and then that means the end of days, and that means the second coming, essentially. Right. Yeah. Basically, the, the idea is that the, the Jewish temple, one of the prerequisites, depending on how you read it, of Christ's return is the reestablishment of the Jewish temple. When once sacrifices are once that temple exists again and sacrifices are taking place in it, then boom, he's coming back. Right. So that's right. the sign that they're looking for. And that's obviously something that can't take place unless there's a Jew a strong Jewish state that can knock down what's there now and, and put a Jewish temple in its place. Yeah. I mean it, it's completely ridiculous because we all know that Hazadis is coming back to back into Medina. Um and 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 the Mahdi has to come before him to an, an universally um um align the entire planet with Islam. And you so say Medina, I complete, say Megiddo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's just <laughs> you know, it's like completely insane. Say? It's completely insane what you're saying. Like, I don't even know, you know, like why, you know. The ravings of a lunatic. Obviously, we got to end this with, <laughs> with fiction. Um, so <laughs> fanciful mountebank. Well, uh, I just yeah. don't see how we can proceed from there. <laughs> so, oh, uh, I, I mean, the bottom line is, is that I think when, when it comes to this conversation, it, you know, I, if I was going to blame three people, you blame to put things in threes. I'd say Netanyahu was very, very clearly not didn't care um, about. Uh, uh, national security. He was he was in conducting a personal vendetta uh, against the against the courts and uh, the court system, which is you know very very public, and the military. He was redeploying troops all over the place uh, to to as a uh, to to let make sure that he everyone knew who was in charge. Um, it it dra- dramatically changed the national security posture of the Israelis. Um, I'm not sure. So that's 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 one third of I think the problem. The second third is is that Hamas. The second third. Yeah, is Hamas made sure had a plan that they were ready to execute at a moment's notice, and they needed just a matter of days to execute it, and they picked the right time, Uh, and it was it was it was like a a Tet offensive type of situation. I mean, you know, Google it and you'll see there's very good parallels between the two. Uh, and Hamas is a doomsday cult. They're going to take advantage of it. Uh, and, and, and like I said, we talked a little bit about the results, but the last third is really, really strange. The, you know, I've been to these places, you know, you have every third wire in the fence is, has an electrical thing. If you cut more, if, if more, a couple of them are cut, you, to uh, a, a, an alarm goes off. There's cameras this way, that way on the borders. I mean, this isn't like, this is a very, very well-protected area. When people say, oh, it's an open air prison, it it, it is the security to cross those lines are, 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 are it, it, it's hard to describe because whatever it is, the redundancies are so vast. Um, people are talking about it as an intelligence failure 
I mean, the, the Egyptians rang the bell and said, we warned you about this days before. We gave you the battle, the plan. Um, so I don't understand how the operation was conducted without the response time. Um, I mean, the best way I can describe it is that, I don't know if you've ever watched the, the TV show, Mission Impossible, the TV show mm -hmm. from 1966. All the guards stand there and are waiting to get killed or knocked out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so... I, I, unless that has been like that's the case, which I know it's not the case in Israel, um, I'm not sure what ha what happened. There's probably yeah. an intelligence, you know, analyst, Israeli intelligence analyst, going, "I told you so." I mean, satellites stare at that at the entire at Gaza, and just it, and we could see everybody moving. You know, I mean, I've I've I've, I've sat there with looking at, you know, they're like, uh, you know, I mean, you could, you know, you could drone anybody there. Um, so it's very peculiar that that they would be able to make these inroads. Um, yeah, I had that impression as well. Yeah, execute. Yeah, I yeah. mean, because I, I just my my kind of really uneducated understanding of it is is that Israel is a very strong military state. There's mandatory military service. You, like I haven't been there, but my understanding is that anywhere you go, there is a visible military presence. And reading the accounts of the initial attack, um, the military just seemed to be absent um, for a lot of it. And so obviously, you know, I wasn't there. I, I have, I'm not educated on it to begin with, but it does seem very strange from that perspective. I, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I, you know, it's interesting what you said. Um, I, and and I'm, I, I will, I will, um, we'll kind of end with this. The Israeli military has... Is in a is it at a crossroads? Uh, they've mobilized three hundred fifty thousand people, but a lot of them are like guys like me, right? So they're like guys that served who really, you know, you know, do a few things here and there, but they're but they, you know, they're like me, they're you know, they're they got dad bods, you know, they don't want to go into Gaza, all right? Mm. Um, the Israelis have misappropriated their military forces, okay, and and <clears throat> they've instead of using them for military operations. They've they've relied on SOCOM, Special Operations Command, okay, and the, the 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 general military has been utilized for what I would call community policing, okay. And what you do is is in in community policing you lose your combat effectiveness edge. Uh, and, and this something very similar happened in in Afghanistan. The reverse actually happened in Afghanistan. We used in Afghanistan the police for coin for counterinsurgency operations, and 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 there was a vacuum in community policing, so crime increased. Right, this the reverse has happened in a, in in a, in Israel. They're using the military for community policing, which is show a presence, um, <clears throat> be disruptive with the Palestinian community. But then, when it comes to conducting military operations, it's largely with um, these sort of air campaigns uh and bombing and then you know a little bit of disruptive operations using special operation forces uh and supported by heavy armor and heavy uh artillery so the effectiveness of the israeli military is is questionable uh, mm -hmm. and you're you're going to send a bunch of dad bods into into gaza which is what hamas wants or doomsday call right so they want to rack up bodies and 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 it's going to be something um it, it won't be nice it won't be pleasant 
uh, for the Israelis. Um, the Palestinians are being displaced now, right, even farther. And my assertion is, is that half of Gaza is going to disappear, you know, become like a DMZ and, a, and, a, and, and occupied by Israeli forces, while a million people are going to be squashed even farther south into this, into uh, like a, a Gaza 2.0. And and it's going to create a problem. So um, it's already creating a humanitarian crisis, crisis but the, the the Israeli effectiveness of the mil Israeli military is in question right now, um, and their capabilities are in question uh, because they 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 don't have uh, the uh, ability to execute operations effectively with you know reservists, you know uh, you know guys that are you know thirty to forty years old, fifty years old, whatever, and these guys that are that are that have only served a couple of years and and do like a weekend training once or once or twice a month and that's it they don't have that effectiveness uh and to build a cohesive units because there's there's a command and control issue um there's yeah. an experiential issue it's when you're used to community community policing you're used to just engaging defenseless people on the street in a city it's different than um than 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 conducting military operations in the field and so yeah. This is the you know you've got Hezbollah, Hezbollah in the north right, which has got a hundred thousand guys, and you've got roughly twenty or thirty thousand Hamas in the south, and then you've got Iraqis that are mobilizing, you know, who are well armed, heavily trained, uh, and and combat hardened. Um, Hezbollah is combat hardened because they're all they're all um, uh, uh, you know been involved in ISIS and all that 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 business up north. So these are combat hardened, well equipped troops, and Hamas. Hamas is used with foreign fighters. I, I did a briefing on this. I go, we, we don't, once you get a, a, enough foreign fighters into a group, you don't know if it's Hamas or the foreign fighters are taking over and they kind of have to conduct something, uh, an operation because these that's all these guys want to do. That's all they know. So so there's the, the, Israel's in a really precarious position right now um, because of the heavy battle-hardened military forces that are at their borders and they've never encountered such 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 forces because we're talking about state and non-state actors most of them are non-state but they are very well armed and they're not bound by the rules of a state so it's different than the the young kipper war and this and and the, the seven years seven day war and all it's very very different um so um, I, I think that the Israelis uh, are going to have to really kind of have some soul searching about who they are and what they're about. And and it, it may open up the door to a different type of negotiation or conversation. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point. But uh, I appreciate taking the time, bud. Yeah, it was, this is a very interesting conversation. I, I learned a lot. So thank you for yeah. unpacking your uh, expertise in the area and for putting up with my ignorance <laughs> no no I, I i was good conversation and, and like i said i i'm you know i'm I, I wanted to make sure that we we addressed some of the issues and some of the thoughts but um i appreciate you taking the time bud all right thanks man talk to you soon yep so long